I'm gonna go for the block. All right, I'm I'm in it, uh, and I'll be uh, <laughs> audience, no members out there. No, I will be truthful. I'm, I'm a map of my word. Uh, I'll let him know if he's got it. Let's see. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna move my, the mic, and I'm just gonna let him stare into my eyes. Looking at your eyes right now. Looking at your eyes. I don't have to do this because I got a lead, but I'm gonna go for it. I like the answers you're giving. We'll see. We'll let let the let the past decide on what you wrote down. I'm gonna say you wrote down. to the most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast, coming at you as we always do. And we have a Dynamite, episode 60 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor, subscribe, leave five stars, tell a friend, that's how we grow. You know we've been doing it, and we really appreciate it. Guys, if you have any thoughts, ideas, Issues you want us to tackle, come up to the Dogs Days of Summer. Send us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, the most awesome of the Midwest. Most awesome. What is happening? What's up, player? What is to... happening, people? That was an introduction for episode 60. I know. I was trying to do like a, like a King of the North or just like trying to get in the Game of Thrones thing like I did last week. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like... Most awesome of the Midwest, most awesome, a little redundant, but you are the most awesome of the Midwest. You just happen to be the most awesome of the entire world. Universe, right. The Universe seven, the seven kingdoms, exactly. Sure. Yes. Actually, speaking of the seven kingdoms, all right, so um, I know we did the Game of Thrones episodes last week, yeah. and just to realize, so I started rewatching it because I want to catch up in time because I haven't watched the new season. Uh, I didn't realize how much shit I did didn't know what was going on until I actually started the rewatch. Like a rewatch is almost like it's damn near essential. You can't catch it right. all on the first time. No, no, no. It's a, there's a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have you is going <laughs> on. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, so yeah, there is a lot. I, I definitely think you a rewatch, if you have the time, is probably advisable, especially heading into this last season. So you didn't see what, what are we on? Season I'm seven? Slow, slow down. If you have the time, is that like a burn? I get it. Like I'm a single no, no, man. No, no kids. It's, That's fine. If you not, have the time, no, no, if, no, no, if you no, don't, no. not raise the family. <laughs> you like that subtle, you like that subtle jab podcast family? I know. Like I, I, I had watched it, but I, I didn't see the last season specifically. So I was like, all right, do I just watch that? But I kind of like forgot a lot of shit. And to be honest, yeah. like most of the time I was watching, I was just like, which one's like a Baratheon? Like who's, who's this guy right now? Like I don't right. remember like how like – Squee got into the entire mix and everything, so a rewatch is it's a healthy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Who's little little finger? What's this guy's story all about? Yeah, I got you. you. Need it, I like you, it. You need, need it. No, it's good, man. It's good. All right, guys, we got a jam packed episode sixty coming at you. We're gonna kick off with our riff from the headlines. We are talking NFL draft. We're gonna hit that inbox. Got a couple of emails. We're gonna tackle. We're doing the Neapolitan showdown. We are doing. Top things with animal names that aren't animals in honor of Tiger Woods' <laughs> master whip. This is <laughs> uh, sometimes we just have to have a good time with it, brother. Uh, yeah. Then we're going to jump into the Brandana Gambling Corner. We're going to do NFL draft odds. And we're going to finish, as we always do, with the MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, your hour power starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. Talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you 
ripped from the headlines. We're talking 2019 NFL draft. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? Ooh, we're Ooh. talking about it because as this audience is listening to it, mm-hmm. we're just uh, a scant three days, magical days away from the tip-off of the NFL draft starting on Thursday, the first round, Friday, rounds two and three, and then Saturday, day three, rounds four through seven. All entering in the new 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 breed into the 2019 season. Right, well, so where does like the NFL draft rank for you just in like sports must-sees? Is it just like I kind of catch it, like I'll look it up the next morning and see what happened, or do you like get glued to the TV? Well, in my household, I am glued to the TV. But sure. I, I take it to the extreme of, of all uh, sporting events. I love the NBA draft. I love the NFL draft. Uh, I do not like the new format, kind of spreading it out over three days. It used to be basically just two days. Uh, I think it was like Friday, Saturday, or even just Saturday, Sunday. And I love the event of the NFL draft, the old school version of it, which was Saturday, like kicking off at noon, getting like a like a six-foot party sub, you and your boys, maybe like a, <laughs> sure. a keg of beer, and just eating and watching who's going where. And then they, then they kind of wanted to – glitz and glamorize everything and uh have a a main event on thursday night for the first round and i get it it's ratings but uh yeah it's it's always a a watch in the moment for me so i remember we used to talk about when we had um the o-dog chad Ostermont here you talked about getting that thomas guy to sports or whatever it is that gives you Mm -hmm. kind of the deep dive of college football is this when it really kind of pays off watching these kids careers and then seeing what nfl team they go to and also like are you a guy that's even round five still paying attention to what's going on yeah i mean i try to be and it's one of those things too where the it's it's amazing where the analytics and the the draft knicks have like taken this because you'll see a guy that has been kind of like this awesome college player this awesome collegiate player like uh for example gino toretta way back when won the heisman for the university of miami and ended up was like a seventh round pick Mm -hmm. and so as like a fan of college football and then watching the nfl you really start to go man why aren't these guys getting picked well there's a lot of different reasons like some of these guys can't translate to the next level some of these guys are better athletes or or more you know more project-based athletes that they think they, they can groom into that next echelon like uh like an ezekiel ansa for detroit yeah it was basically like came out of nowhere because he was this freak athlete and actually paid off for them so not to dive into it i want to get in the specifics of 2019 but a little bit more of just talking about the nfl draft as a whole like can a tom brady ever happen again is it oversaturated is there too much stuff going on are people too anxious to take kind of a gamble on something or is it just you know that's just kind of the product of the system like you are going to sometimes just hit a gold mine something's going to fall through the cracks just because you can't actually get all those like unmeasurables during like mm-hmm. the measure part of you mm-hmm. know doing your scouting your recruiting yeah and there's so much that that happens just in beyond so there's all of that yes there's the how do you quantify the unquantifiable how do you look at a tom brady who's just like who just has the mental yeah it looks you know, like your eight-year-old with shirt off uh-huh yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah, he doesn't look like a great athlete, but between the ears, like, he's just not going to be – he's a super competitor. And how do you measure that? How do you quantify that into kind of some analytic measurable? You can. It's hard to do that. So there's always going to be gold mines, and there's always going to be situational um, circumstances where right player, right attitude. I mean, we've, we've all we all experienced it in our life. It's like 
I go here, I meet this person on this day and, you know, uh, I have a great experience and, and then we become best of friends where, you know, maybe a situation takes me and I'm not there on that same day and then I don't have that, you know, chance encounter with this perfect meshing of my personality and, and who I am in this environment and it goes off in, into the wayside and never happens to me like it should have. So there is kind of like a, a sliding doors element to this where it's like if I get drafted by the right coach in the right situation at the right time and then like mentally I'm in the right spot getting there, we kind of just hit this perfect, you know, you know, Terrell Davis for the Denver Broncos. We just hit this perfect, you know, he was a six-round pick out yeah. of Georgia, just kind of hitting this perfect moment. Um, and, I, and I think that there's something to be said for that always in the NFL draft. And that's part of the intrigue because that's part of the excitement. When you follow the NFL, you're excited about the next class, the next grouping of kids that are going to come in and potentially be that next you know, diamond in the rough that you didn't know that was going to come out of there and, and hopefully lead your team to you know, maybe back-to-back -back Super Bowls or something like that. Okay, so getting into 2019, let's look at this draft as a macro before we get into the specifics and you know the, the fun like headline buzz stuff. Sure. It seems to be just me looking at mocks and everything going on, not knowing a lot about the college players. It seems to be like a like a defensive heavy draft in that first right. round. Is is that something you're seeing? Yeah, hundred percent. Is that is that more because like there's just high level like caliber defensive players, or is it more of just like the quarterbacks that we usually see those offensive players, the skill positions? It's just not as like thick of a draft class this year on that side of the ball. I think the depth and the strength of the defensive players in this draft with in particular, like talking about edge rushers, defensive ends and defensive tackles on the defensive line. We are, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but this yeah. is probably one of the best draft classes in that regard in terms of not just top end overall players, but also the depth we haven't seen, you know, it's just kind of one of those freakonomic things where everything crescendos and we have, 10 really strong pass rushers, defensive linemen, defensive tackles that are really going to impact your franchise. If, if you're a team that needs somebody to rush the quarterback, stop the run, defend, uh, you know, uh, get sacks, this is a great draft for you. Offensively, there's still going to be, and we'll kind of touch on this later on, on the quarterback side of things, there's still going to be a higher-end quarterbacks, but quarterbacks tend to have – uh, a higher value in the draft, maybe not, yeah. uh, maybe not relative to their, 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 how better they are in comparison to the other players, but just in the value of the position on the field. You're gonna, yeah, they, you're, it's something you're much more likely going to reach for, like you know, right, people exactly. And in turn, we have a quarterback draft class where people are going to make a lot of reaches for it, because especially now with the way that the rookie salary structure is set up it's more affordable to do that. You don't draft a Daniel Jones from Duke, and if you miss, you potentially sent your, your franchise back eight years yeah. or seven years. You know, now you miss, and, you know, like Arizona, for example, they're basically going to do a do-over potentially with their top pick from last year and redraft the new quarterback this year. Okay, so let's go through. Uh, so I want to keep it a macro, and then I think we'll dial in on Kyle Murray, number one overall, will it, won't it, and how that will line up. Uh, so the top five quarterbacks right now on the information I'm getting is we have uh, Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray out of Oklahoma, Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio. I'll finish it for you. State. Thank you. Uh, no problem, buddy. Drew Locke out of Mizzou. Got Daniel Jones. Duke, who I believe you brought up last year, who you kind of had dog-eared a little bit to keep your eye on. Or maybe that yep. was yep. it the guy out of West Virginia. And then uh, yep. Ryan Finley out of Stanford. 
and I think the West Virginia cat coming in around the sixth spot. Uh, kind of analyze yeah. uh, how, how talented. Brian Finley out in NC State. NC State. NC State. Copy that. Yeah, yeah, right. So how many of these guys, um, you know, are, are these first round draft picks? How many out of this? I think there's four that are floating around there for sure. Uh, I think Kyler Murray is the top end of that, and rightfully so. Kyler Murray is the best quarterback in that class. Yeah. Um, and I think it's. I don't even think that there's a comparison. Uh, and then you've got, in my rankings, I would probably put Drew, uh, uh, Dwayne Haskins and a big gap, and then Drew Locke and Daniel Jones. Um, and then I think that that's it. I don't think Ryan Finley or Will Greer sneak into, the, into that first round. I think that those are probably day two, uh, late round three, maybe early round four draft picks. Okay, so these, you almost have it broken into three tiers. So this isn't like a situation where, you know, whatever we have, uh, you know, a top two, like who's it going to be, like the Alex Smith, like Aaron Rodgers thing. I mean, we saw that right. smoked out, but going into the draft, you have like tier one, it's Kyler Murray alone on a tier, then Dwayne Haskins alone on a tier, and then uh, uh, Drew Locke and Daniel Jones. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason for that is, is Drew Locke and Daniel Jones are just uh, – I mean, Drew Locke is just an incredible athlete. He's got an absolute howitzer of an arm, but he just he is almost too confident and running on the air of cocky. And he he's drawn a lot of comparisons to Jake Cutler in that respect. And if you look at Drew Locke's numbers, and I just I was looking at them. So Drew Locke played for Mizzou, which now plays in the SEC or Missouri. Uh, he's a terrible decision maker and. Everyone talks about his stats. Well, he feasted on non-Power 5, so these are the, not the elite conferences of college football. He was 16-1 against non-Power 5 conference teams uh, with a 66% completion percentage, 62 TDs to 6 INTs. So awesome. He's all-world. But then when you throw him in against the Alabamas, the Ole Misses, the Power 5 conferences that he played in the SEC – 52% completion percentage, 37 TDs, 33 INTs, a 6 and 24 record. So, so what when are, I look at this, yeah. that, that 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 concerns me. Yeah, so what are is has anything changed really for what kind of coaches look for in a quarterback? I know like we had a little streak uh, you know, like early 2000, late 90s, it's just like kind of like the mobile quarterbacks trying to go off of like a Randall Cunningham, someone that could like kind of take off if they needed to. And I think after kind of the um the what's his gotta edit this out atlanta quarterback (laughs) oh mike vick yeah after kind of mike vick it seemed like everyone got a little gun shy with that and they really wanted kind of a a pocket passer like someone that stays in the pocket and has the confidence for the system has any of that changed with just kind of the the quarterback draft over the last couple years how we've seen like a a mahomes develop like some of these guys that are going to be the next generation of qbs we look at are we still – is that changing? Because it seems to be a copycat league. Is it changing for the type of quarterback we're looking to draft? And do these guys fall into that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's I, – I, I think they're they're no longer looking for the, the Carson Palmer, the 6'5 statue, mm-hmm. you know, with, with good arm talent and, and things like that. They're looking for athletes and arm talent. So Pat Mahomes is the prime example. Good athlete, uh, probably sneaky athlete all world arm and that's what they're looking for that's why josh allen drove up the boards even though his completion percentage and he played in a lower conference all those things good athlete as we saw in the nfl rushing for 
you know, a, a handful of 100-yard games um, and got an unbelievably strong arm. It's just can we, can we contain that? Same thing with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Uber athlete, good arm, possibly great arm. So that's what we're looking for. So Kyler Murray is that. Yeah. That's a good segue. Let's get, let's get, yeah, let's get into that. You want to jump into Kyler Murray a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Kyler Murray is that. So Kyler Murray has gotten comps all across the board. Mike Vick, like you talked about, he's small in stature. He's probably six foot, 200 pounds, but he's got it. He's got elite quickness. Okay. So, and he's got somewhat good football intelligence for basically not really playing football full time. He's a baseball player as well. And basically last year was going to play baseball until everything kind of crescendoed the right way for him and he wins the Heisman. And now he's potentially going to be a top five NFL draft pick, probably number one overall. (laughs) Um, And so he's got the, the other thing that I don't think enough people talk about incredibly accurate and really strong arm. Mm. Like he has that baseball arm, that shortstop second baseman arm where he can make a lot of throws. He can go deep into the hole in baseball and throw across his body and get it there on a laser beam. He's got arm talent. The biggest thing that everyone's concerned about is, is his size. But I think it's more of a, it should be more on a durability standpoint and less on like seeing over the, the, the offensive lineman and seeing lanes to, to, you know, to find, where he's going to throw the ball. Yeah. And we saw like, uh, you know, I think there's knock on the most memorable of who overcame that was a uh, drew Brees, who I think stands about the same height. Uh, right. Kyler Murray coming in at five ten, around one ninety four, soaking wet. I don't know if that's soaking wet. I want to say that soaking <laughs> wet. Stay wet. Right. Uh, right. so is this the thing right now where the Arizona Cardinals is Cliff Kingsbury forcing this a little bit? Like I want my guy since if I got to do this job that I'm not quite qualified for, and nobody believes in me, I might as well just like get my guy. Or is it, is it how the draft shook out or no matter what is, would Kyler Murray be kind of going number one, no matter who was there? Yeah. And that's the thing is, is it's, it's kind of one of those things where it caught forward momentum when he, he had said before he was even in this position that if he had the number one overall pick, he'd take Kyler Murray because he's his position coach. (laughs) And then he was in that position. Yeah. And then he was in a position to go and do it. And then, so it's like, Oh, well, are you going to do this? You're going to live up to it. And to his credit or to not his credit or the reason why we question his even coaching ability is like, hell yeah. Even though they burned uh, a top 10 pick on Josh Rosen Rosen from UCLA last year, even though it wasn't his pick, he was still uh, sucking ass at Texas Tech's Cliff Cliff Kingsbury was. Now he's going in, he's running a a major NFL franchise and he's going to burn it and possibly try and trade Josh Rosen. But everyone knows that he wants to trade him because he wants to take Kyler Murray. Yeah. So So is he just getting like softball offers? Yeah. I know. So that's why I'm thinking like almost like does the biggest steal of the draft not to get cute, but it's almost like the biggest steal of the draft becomes like Josh Rosen. Like if you're, if you're you're the New York giants and you can give them like a third, right? Like, would that be nuts? No, Wait, even that... if you gave them the seventeenth, they've got the sixth pick and they've got the seventeenth pick. Yeah. Right. So even if you if you trade for that, and you go defensive line edge rusher, which like I said is a a transcendental year for for edge rushers or defensive linemen. Why isn't that Why isn't that a, a, a huge a huge move for them? You know, I mean, I guess you got you gave up seventeen for Odell Beckham Jr. So maybe your value isn't great, but at least you're, you're starting over in the right direction. You've got Josh Rosen and, and Saquon 
and you know a potential you know you know at Oliver at the defensive line Montez Sweat you know some of these guys that are, are going to be there that are going to change your franchise defensively. Okay, so some of this might come up in the gambling corner too. I think that's a good transition because I do want to talk about Rosen. I want to talk about Rosen uh, possibly going to Oakland. I mean, what's Oakland doing with these three picks? Like, it's it's shit yeah. or get off the pot. I know we're going into year two of like Gruden watch. Gruden watch. Year two of a decade of sprinkling a little Mike Mayock watch. <laughs> Of a decade of Gruden to see how this kind of pans out, uh, you know, I, I think he put himself in a position to rebuild, and this is what a rebuild yeah. looks like. It looks like three fucking picks in the first round. What's he doing with them? Um, I think if he's smart, he's gonna go. He's gonna get two uh, defensive players and maybe one position player. And I think, I think his plan with getting Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, uh, I think. You got Lee Smith, the 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 tight end. I want to say this: Antonio see... Brown, enemy of the podcast. Yes, enemy I of the podcast. Said it. Yeah, 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 enemy yeah, yeah. of the podcast. Fire up chips. Fuck out Go fire here. up chips. Um, yes. So, but he's got all of that. So my 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 thought is is that first, if he sits pat, which there's no there's no idea what they're going to be doing now. Sure. But let's say they sit pat and they let the draft shake out. And let's say Kyler Murray goes one. And then Bosa or Josh Allen from Kentucky, uh, Nick Bosa from Ohio, you fill in the rest. Yeah. Josh Allen from Kentucky, maybe they go 2 3 because both the Jets and the 49ers. Um, they're you know, good at QB. Yeah. They're good Definitely. at QB yeah. and they're good at, and they need defensive line or they need defensive help. So any one of those three. And then you've got Quinn and Williams, who is my, my one oh, number overall player. So you're sitting at number four, Quinn and Williams out of Alabama. Ooh is a defensive tackle, is a bigger Aaron Donald. This is what he is. This is his play. He is a disruptive force pass rusher. If they can get him, they've already won the draft. They can already figure it out from there because he's the best player. You'll be looking back at this draft five years from now. He's also one of the youngest guys in the NFL draft at like almost just a shade over 21 years old. Yeah, He's going to be a fucking beast. If they can get him, then they're going to be great. They're going to be good, and then I think that they, if they sit pat at twenty four and twenty seven, what they've got, and maybe try and find another skill and or defensive player. Here's here's my question. Okay, so let's say let's say you're number one, you're Cliff, not qualified, King Clingsbury. I don't know if that nickname's going to stick. We'll see. Yeah, right. Unqualified. Yeah. Unqualified. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's say you're number one. So let's say the Raiders to get that QB. Tra- want to swap you spots and they offer us like all right so swap swap a spots we want to go up to number one so we get uh that qb gruden's ready he you know he's a quarterback guy he wants to build around uh you know build around murray so mm-hmm. if you're arizona do you take swapping down to four and then take oakland's 24th also for them to trade up yeah i i would i would absolutely do it if if you can then I mean, if if that is Arizona's plan and they've just been sending all this smoke and all this heat, which wouldn't be totally crazy, it would make make some sense. At least you would get infuse a little confidence in Cliff unqualified, and sit there and say like, yeah, man, we were just we were baiting the, the Raiders into yep. or anyone to come up to move up. We got a second round pick. We love Josh Rosen. We're gonna sit here. Yep. We're gonna get one of the you know three best defensive linemen in this draft. <laughs> and a 24 overall pick and we can get another person to help us like late in the draft you're going to be sitting in that wide receiver slot you know one of the 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 second wide receiver maybe a tight end Noah Fant they don't really have a great tight end maybe you get a Noah Fant from from uh, Iowa who is going to be kind of like a slot kind of like a receiving tight end 
uh, will help you a little inline blocking, but he'll be a good receiving tight end. Or you could get, um, you know, like a one of the ride receivers, AJ Brown, Marquise Brown, uh, some of these guys that are going to be helping helping you out in the slot. Uh, that can do some damage for your new your new toy with Josh Rosen. Oh man, I'm kind of obsessed with this now. Like I could talk to you about where Josh Rosen is going all night, but we don't have that time because nope. we are the hour of power. We used to have that time. We said Miranda, oh, let's talk about it. let's dive into this. No more for you folks. You said knock it off. We said no problem. There's a little bit of problem. Real fast before we get out of this, brother, <laughs> who are your lions taken? Ah, uh, so I, I I'm gonna go back and forth. Um, I'm really. I'm going to talk about another Iowa tight end, TJ Hawkinson. Um, he's Gronk 2.0, and and I think that that's I think that's a pretty solid fair comparison. He is gifted athletically. He's strong. He can block. He likes blocking. He's a dominant blocker, and I like getting the idea of kind of you know the the Detroit has gone to the New England Patriots Midwest, and uh, bringing a, a Gronk type level athlete would be exciting. Mm. Um, I, I was kind of on the Montez Sweat defensive lineman from Mississippi State train uh, as the next kind of pass rusher after, but he's kind of got a medical issue with the heart issue. They're not really kind of seeing if it's really a, a big deal or not, and so there's n- now there's more rumors coming out there. It might be a bigger deal. So that being said, I'm going to sit there and say T.J. Hawkinson, if we can get him at eight, I'm going to be stoked. Uh, for the first round, can the Vikings draft fewer interceptions for Kirk Cousins? Is that on the? <laughs> is that a possibility? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, Here, here's how they can do it. Andre Dillard, <laughs> oh, offensive yeah. tackle, oh, offensive tackle, Washington you, State. You I'm right there with you. Genius, nice yeah. way to pull it back. Uh, all right, let's jump into the inbox, brother. Um, I said inbox weird. Okay, so uh, first email out of the gate: Harden, Durant, Westbrook, greatest team that never was in the history of all sports? Question mark. All right, so I think what we're hitting right now is kind of, you know, NBA is going to a new build a super team and everything, and this was a little bit of a super team before the super teams really came in their own. Mm-hmm. So uh, two things I want to hit on this. First, let's talk about if this is the greatest team to never win a chip. Uh, I kind of covered other sports also. What I want to ask you before that, though, brother, is they say winning solves everything. Can you remember a more successful team that just seemed to fucking hate playing with each other? Yeah, and this is one of those things where it was where we saw with or- the Orlando Magic with Penny and Shaq, just two alpha dogs really kind of struggling young in their careers to really kind of figure out, hey, who's, whose team really is this? Because yeah. you, um, you had Kevin Durant taken second overall in that Odin-Durant draft. You then had, and that was when they were in the with the Seattle SuperSonics, and they moved to Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Then they get uh, Russell Westbrook fourth overall, and then they got the next year after that they got James Harden fourth or fifth overall after that. So you have these three young kids, and and um, and and all and all of them kind of panning out, which has got to be rare. Like it's got to be like one of the great kind of you know three or four year stretches of a draft, like just really getting like like A-level talent. Right now you throw all these guys like on the board. I mean, all three of these guys, top 15? I mean, top 15 wouldn't be debatable, but top 10 probably be debatable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I think you're you're 100% right. Uh, top 10 with Russ Westbrook, how he is. But, I mean, shit, I mean, three years in a row, averaging a triple-double. and we, I, 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 Potty and save it, I get it. He's a stat chaser. He's a get it. Yeah, guys, I relax. Get it. 
But email but, us about it, it mavsportspodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> but relax. But we want to hear your thoughts, but relax. But and, <laughs> chill. But shut the fuck up. But send us an But email. hit us up on Instagram, but relax. Exactly. But fuck off. And, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so it is one of those things. Yeah, they, I, it, it is amazing that they they struck gold each and every time. Yeah. And Sam Presti, the GM for the Thunder, that'll be the greatest what if. It's like, why not just sit there and, yeah, shell out a ton of money. You you can you can shell out a ton of money to retain them. You're going to spend a lot of money on the luxury tax, but guess what? You're going to have Westbrook, Durant, and Harden, three MVPs on your fucking on the same team. Yeah. Now maybe they don't get there all in the same shadow of each other. And that's kind of what rubbed everybody the wrong way. They couldn't really handle the pressure of being all really three good, talented guys that could then, you know, then had to figure out this, like, who's when, when it's 30 seconds left on the clock, who's taking that ball and who's scoring it. Yeah, I guess it still kind of makes sense now. Like, it's really hard to picture. Like, the Westbrook I can kind of handle, even though, like, he's definitely, like, a point-scoring point guard who doesn't right. mind, like, taking the ball. But, like, just even seeing, like, Harden and Durant, shit. Like Harden almost needs that. Like, nothing needs to get in rhythm, but it's just like he is a. That, that's his his strength is just hitting shots and just like high volume, like making like a lot of those shots happen. And uh, it doesn't seem like Durant can really fall in that passive role, even going to Golden State, that seemed to have you know two MVP scores in their own right, but still like they seem a little bit more passive and the kind of personality that Durant could play with. Yeah, that would have been the greatest what if in sports does James Harden become the James Harden that we all kind of love to hate and, you know, hate to love a little bit because of he is just an unbelievable scorer. He can he can do what he yeah. wants on the on, on the basketball court. But the great the great question is is that say Sam Presti doesn't, you know, let him go and trade him to um to Houston. Where does his career? Does he win? Is does he win an MVP? Is he even on the precipice of winning an MVP, or does he just play this lovable third banana role where it's like, hey, when they when these two guys sit, he just kind of comes out and dominates, and then, you know, I, what what that, that's an unbelievable what if. Yeah, it's it's great because it's a great question because it almost seemed like when he was on that team, I don't know, with all the chirpmen, I don't remember him chirping that much. Like it wasn't like he. It wasn't him that was like to me like this. Like I have to have the ball. Like he would definitely get active with it. And he was confident with it, but he still right. wasn't like didn't have. So it would be interesting for us to not know really the level of talent that Harden is. And it's just like, oh shit, you can be the fucking number one guy. Which yeah. is weird because yeah. we, we look at these other guys that are desperate to be number one, and they go on a team, and it's just kind of like not fitting. Like you look at a Kyrie Irving who was just like, I gotta have my own squad. I gotta be my own team and go in the Boston. It's kind of working out, but I don't think it worked out to the level that we all thought it would, including him. Right, exactly. No, that's a great point. And and, and uh, so to answer the question from the emailer, there there have been some other good teams. We, we talked about it. Shaq oh, and you, Penny. oh, you put on the transition hat, bro? You did well. Nice host, bro. Nice oh, you host. like it? I'm just trying to bring <laughs> it back. Nah, it looked nice. It looked good on you. Yeah. No, it looked good. It looked good. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so the, the, there's one other team, that a great whatever, like a – it's tough because I wouldn't even put it up in the in the console bracket because they never made the Western Conference Finals like the, the Thunder did. But just it, it reminded me that question reminded me of the early Dallas Mavericks team, mm. uh, the mid to late '90s, talking about uh, Jason Kidd. Kid, they Jason took Kidd. second over. What's that? Yeah, I was gonna say Jason Kidd. Yeah, Jason Kidd, and they took uh, Jimmy Jackson out of Ohio. You felt the rest, and Jamal Mashburn. So very similar into kind of the way that. 
that was going in Oklahoma City, except injuries and uh, a love triangle with Tony Braxton ruined that team. <laughs> it did. And uh, Nowinski eventually got his chip. Did Kid right? Did Kid get his? Uh, y- no, no. Wait, Ooh. I don't think. No, no, no. Well, he was on well, that. He was on that. Wait, he, yeah, drink everybody. Oh, nice, drink got everybody. Now, I can't remember if he was on that Dallas team because he was gone and then came back. His kid's, kid's career was all over. He was with the Nets. He made a bunch of conference finals. He was on the Suns. Well, when, when, did, when did Nash get in the picture on Dallas? Now, Nash was drafted, I think, like six. He was out of Santa Clara, drafted like 16th overall. Now you're really going deep in the Rolodex. This is all off the dome, ladies and gentlemen. This. I know. See what happens? Um, we try to take the host duties. I call you out, bro. Actually, Let's see it. Uh, yeah, Show exactly. that brain I think he was drafted by Phoenix, went to Dallas. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, then went back to, 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 to Phoenix. Now I got to look this up. <laughs> how are you looking? Everybody. Uh, so I'll hit mine real fast. Okay, so two kind of uh, eras of team I have that didn't get the chip. To me, number one, in my mind, you can never beat it. It's that Buffalo Bills team from 1990 to 1993. I, I think what? Like, yep. in, in the height of some of those squads, we had four Hall of Famers. I think right. I mean, like just through like uh, Jim Kelly. Yeah, Jim Bruce Kelly, Smith. Bruce Smith, Andre Reid, yeah. and Thurman Thomas. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's, uh, I don't know, for those guys to fall short, like I can't imagine getting that close and never kind of pulling it off. And then uh, you and I talked a little bit about this, I think, when we hit the, we were talking college b-ball and your top coaches, uh, Roy Williams kind of, and I know this hits, hits close to home for me, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, but kind, Rock Chalk. kind of that, uh, that late 90s, early 2000 Jayhawk Roy Williams teams, Speci- specifically even looking at that 96 team that had like Jarris Hass, uh, Rayful Friends, Scott Pollard, Jacques Vaughn, and Paul Pierce, and I, just a lot of those teams. And then we went into, you know, the Kirk Heinrich days and Jeff Boshi and all those teams getting like really super close, making some Final Fours, some Elite Eights, and also some, you know, getting knocked out early. Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and that UNLV back then after they – won the national title after they throttled Duke. They came back, they were undefeated, and then Duke beat them in the Final Four when they had, uh, you know, two or three NBA draft picks on that roster. Yeah, that hurt. And it made me think about your, uh, I know you hate bringing it up, but uh, your voice. It was a little hard for me to put them on the Fab Five on the list considering like, mm. a lot of them yeah. went pro immediately, but that was a, a lot of fucking talent on one team. Yeah. There's also yeah. Uh, a lot funny. of steps after grabbing the ball. Oh, travel burn! <laughs> <laughs> um all right, brother, we'll hit this other email real quick. I know we said uh, two and we're up against it, but I think we have – Steve time. Nash was drafted 15th overall. All right. Sorry, I was, up, I I was up by one. I'm, a, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Flog me later. <laughs> Take one drink. Uh, all right, the Greek Creek is most likely NBA MVP. That's probably why. Uh, if Milwaukee Bucks and Green Bay Packers fan had a vote to choose either Aaron Rodgers or Giannis being under contract for the next five years, but that means they lose the other, which – are they choosing to keep? I thought out of the gate this was going to be a super easy question to answer, but it it kind of has a give and a take. So uh, what, what's your thoughts? Ooh. Yeah, you, uh, see, you I, think it's no, I, no problem? I, I came out of the gun thinking it was no problem. I still kind of think it's no problem. Giannis, right? It's Giannis. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, just because yeah. Aaron Rodgers' age. and But there's also like right. – so if he – yeah, this question, like if this is happening two years ago, you know, if we have like a – 33 34 year old Aaron Rodgers or maybe if right. you know maybe if we didn't have like a Packers that just missed the playoffs this brought me to a bigger question all right so we're both saying Giannis fine ask and yeah. answered uh 
is Aaron Rodgers' attitude just with some of the shit that's coming out and the fact we have all this information? You sent me this like amazing Bleacher Report article that was like a deep dive on just kind of like yes. almost like a history. Uh, if you remember the name of it, let him know. Let's post it on Instagram. Like uh, we'll share it. You guys should okay. check it out. It's super fucking interesting. Is Aaron Rodgers getting exposed a little bit as being an asshole? And are we kind of are is Green Bay Packer fans specifically getting a little tired of his pretension? Relax, everybody. Uh, no, it's not just relax. It's spelling it out for us like we're fucking fourth graders. Exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> this the, the chip on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder has been exposed. Even I remember doing – I remember watching a uh, – um, the HBO Inside Sports, hosted by Brian Gumbel, yeah. they did like a, a behind-the-scenes feature, and this is like five years ago maybe when he was just kind of at the peak of his game, and like they showed how he hated all of people's kind of like side comments, and you know when people come and be like, oh, I thought you'd be a lot bigger as an NFL quarterback, <laughs> and how it bristles them and like yeah. really fucking chaps his hide, and it's like, oh no, that's him like all the way through. In reading that Bleacher Report article. His insecurity about being the man and being the best player is really it's not it's it's not fostering it's fostering his success, but it's also it's it's the reason for his demise and why yeah. the things have gone it's, awry. It's, it's ostracizing Bay. like the locker room. It's just like it's you know, it's him versus the world can be it can be the Packers versus the world, but it can't be you versus the world. And I think the greats kinda knew that. Even if right. you have a chip like these are your brothers in arm, like your brothers in green. And it's like that chip, you got to make that us versus them. And it's not that I'm just going to hit a highlight, like the Greg Jennings article or the Greg Jennings comment in that Bleacher Report article on Jennings being like, um, it was something like he was like going on like a little short route and it was like a free agent year. And he was like trying not to get hit. And he was like, like the, I think a cornerback for the 49ers, whatever is like good route. And like Aaron Rodgers just out loud. He was just like, yeah, you guys should uh, take him next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just like, man, that's just uh, it's like fucked up, like your little burns, which is weird because, I mean, think all time, and where do you have Aaron Rodgers? Like top five. All time? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he, if he was to have won more, I would I would probably sure. put him in there. But he's he's not, and this, this stuff's going to totally detract from him, but he's in – He's unbelievable skilled. That whole I, what I also thought you were going to say about the the Greg Jennings thing is is then when Favre then went to the Vikings, Greg Jennings was afraid to go yep, 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 say yep. hi to Brett Favre because for fear that Aaron Rodgers was going to take that as a slight as is your team Favre, which clearly sitting those four years in 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 Green Bay did not help foster his ego because he was always living and he couldn't get out of that shadow. And that's the other thing, the reason why I answer that question for Milwaukee and Green Bay and the state of Wisconsin is, is that Giannis doesn't live in anyone's shadow. You know what I mean? Yeah, li- He's not literally and figuratively. And literally and figuratively. Like, they love, you know, Jabbar and Oscar Robertson for what they did in the 60s and 70s, but it's it's his town now. Yeah. Whereas Favre, Favre is you know, Green Bay. Yeah, my, my little debate was Aaron Rodgers could have even made like a little run at that at the chip. Uh, my question really was like, it just seems like the only thing that kind of made it maybe even in my book, even keeping up with Aaron Rodgers' age is the fact that it seems like much more of a football town than like a Bucks town. Sure. Or like a Bucks it, 100%. But Gian- Giannis has the ability to kind of change it and and make it a little bit of a basketball 
thing because he he might be if he wins MVP, if he you know he starts to get the national pub, they might start to become a basketball team. They were a basketball team. They had a real big dry spell. Sidney Moncrief, all those other guys, Sidney Lowe, all these other guys that were out there, real dry spell. Um, now they're back. Yeah, they're back. And then they have the best player, one of the best players, probably top. We we talked about him. He's our, our, our best five, or he's our best player in five years. We're probably a little late on that. Yeah. But I think in five years, he'll still be the best player in the NBA. And if they're, if they're smart, they hold on to him, they back up the Brinks truck, they're going to keep him, yeah. and they're going to win. I feel like you took Carl uh, Anthony Towns. I feel like you took Cat in that when we did this like a year I ago. Took, I took Cat over Joel Embiid. Right. Giannis was my number one. All right, relax, relax. Listen to the tape. Go pull up the tape. <laughs> All right, guys, if you have a – Something for our inbox. Hit us up, guys, at Podcast at gmail.com. It's high noon, motherfucker. Meet me in the middle of the street. <laughs> so let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me, and we just disagree. Neapolitan Showdown, what started out as rankest of fucking ice cream flavors has turned into, I'm going to say, the hottest thing in sports. Just the hottest. I, a hottest thing in sports? Podcasting, in my podcasting, friend. brother, in all of it. Taking the nation by storm. All right, so Tiger Woods uh, won the Masters for the first time in, was it 11? 11 years? 16? Um, it's one of those numbers. No, it's been yeah, a beat. it's a number. It's been a beat. It's been a number. Uh, drink, I'm roasting most awesome today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in honor of Tiger Woods winning the Masters uh, again for the first time in a long time, what we're going to do is we're ranking the top three things that have animal names or animal references that aren't animals. Guys, we have no idea where the fuck this is going to go, but I'm excited. <laughs> I think an example I gave you was a rat tail. What else did I say? They said rat tail. Oh, you said rat tail. Uh, you said goosing. Oh, yeah. goosing. That's right. Oh, porky pig in it probably could be up on there. Porky pig in it could be. And the thing is, I'm, I wish you hadn't hand said rat tailing because. Oh, is it on it, your list? It had, it, it had. No, it didn't. I okay. had to put it on my console bracket. Sure. Because uh, my brother, Wee Dawes, <laughs> rocked, rocked a rat tail. Oh, my God. I, it was oh, in like fifth grade. I almost thought that was going to be present tense. And your we dolls we dolls just moved to the area. I was gonna call him up right now. Like I gotta see you rocking. That I gotta rat. see it. That yeah, RT, exactly. as they call it. That RT. Uh, all right, brother. <laughs> why don't you take the ball out? All right, I'm gonna go with my number three. Um, it uh, it sounds very benign when you hear it, mm-hmm. but it actually it's a terrible punishment and a terrible drill that I had to do in football. I'm talking about a crab walk. Mm, nice. This fucking blows. Getting up. Yeah. On all fours, table style, kind of inverted. Your chest is up in the air, and you have to walk all the way across 100 yards of football field, August, in your football pads, already sweating, already stinking. Ooh. No water for you. No. Water's for losers. <laughs> that was uh, sucks. That, that's a good pull because it didn't have the way because you were just like, oh, this is this is kind of a break because it's just kind of get a like I get to cross down a little bit. Don't have to be on my knees. Don't have to don't have to sprint. But then you just yep, kind of yep. doing it's just like, oh shit, this is. Rough on my joints. I'm not sure it's good for any of them. And will this? And you had to do the length of the field. Yeah, the length of the field. Yeah, that's a fucking. Yeah. that's a ways, brother. Uh, all right, so crab walk 100 yards. Um, you have four legs, so we're gonna assign 25 yards to each of those little things on the ground. So we're gonna give you a 25. <laughs> um, uh, you have four legs. 
Well, for I, I, I have your two, hands, bro. two legs. They're supposed oh, to be crab okay. legs. Yeah, relax. Gotcha. I'm made in the spirit of the animal. Gotcha. Um, okay. All right. Three spot. I put turkey in bowling. So here's the thing. Ooh. We know I love turkey, and turkey's great on a dish. It gets a bad rap as just like a nickname. If you call somebody a turkey, it's just like, oh, you're like, fuck up. You're goofy. You're silly. But in bowling, it is can't do much better. Highest honor. Yeah, you get three strikes. You get four strikes. That turkey's still flashing up there. Get five strikes. That's it's like how deep Double can turkey? you take that turkey? Six strikes in a row. Gobble. How many is a turkey? We gotta go. No, no. A, I said a double a double turkey is six strikes in a row. Oh, is it a double turkey? I don't even know what double. I just thought the turkey. The turkey keeps going. The turkey doesn't right, stop. Right, Turkey times two. Yeah, that's the thing is, is there's a lot of range in, in that. And I like how you said it because you're calling somebody a turkey. Yeah, it's kind of a up. chicken shit. Yeah, yeah. But no. then a turkey is like, that's a champion level Where it honor. belongs. Right a, there. Lot there. Range in <laughs> a lot turkey. of range. A lot of range. A lot of range. Ah, so I'm going to say you start out with the turkey. If you did a best turkey possible, that would be, I think, 13 strikes in a row, which would be a 300. So I'm going to take a 300. <laughs> 300 to 25. What do you got, bro? Oh, I thought it was 25 times four, but okay. Who's counting? No, no, no. I divided it up. Oh, you divided it. Okay, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go. I'm well, going to go. Oh, I want to pause you right now. I'm going to guess your number one. I think I know. I think I know what your number one is. No way you got my number uh, I one. Think, I think I got to guess. I'm going to go okay. for it. Okay. All right. I love it. We're going to come in there for the, for the, for the block, the 50-point right. deduction. Mm-hmm. Um, my number two, I know you don't have either. And I'm going to go with uh, Jeanette Lee. This is right up your alley. I thought you would have loved Jeanette mm-hmm. because she's called the Black Widow. Ooh, she's the pool, best female pool player. pool player. Yeah. I know the Black Widow, brother. You know the Black Widow. Oh, yeah. I love her. She's uh, this beautiful Korean woman. She's won 28 titles, won a World Games Gold Olympic. Uh, in 2007, I think she retired then. She was rated number four all time uh, by the fans as a, a, a famous pool player. And uh, known for wearing, like, sexy low-cut outfits. But I think it's a little risque in pool when you're kind of leaning over the table. You know what I mean? Yeah, she pushed the envelope. Something for the fellas. I like it, brother. Uh, So that's, yeah, definitely the Black Widow. You get a little bonus for keeping it in my orbit. You know, I like a little pool Mm -hmm. game. I like to pool. I don't think there's any other slang for pool. Just pool. Uh, But we're going to go. We're going (laughs) to go. You mentioned 28 championships in nine ball. That's 252 balls. She knocked in the pocket successfully. Gonna get that 252 right there, brother. My Ooh. two spot is I'm going with a little treat. I'm not huge on pecans, but I like a good turtle. That's right, a little caramel covered pecans. You can get cashew subbed in, <laughs> covered with chocolate. Nice little stack. You, oh. you forget, you forget, you like them, and they show up, and it's just like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, I fuck with turtles. And just to start munching on them, you're just like, I give a shit about pecans, because like just in Holy a jar, shit. like strong pass of pecans. Covered in caramel, covered in chocolate, call it a turtle because it's shaped like a little turtle shell. Tasty. Sure. Yes. If you covered anything in in caramel and chocolate, I, I'm in on it. Yeah. They're not passing it up. But uh, I love the depth of this category because never in a million years would I have thought of turtles. They're good. Um, Don't be so dismissive, bro. The, uh, right. Okay. It's like we're gonna have to do a whole Mia <laughs> just in chocolate covered uh, nuts. Um, but but here's the thing: is is the, the the pecans? They're okay. They're better served in in, in pecan pie. Uh, why is it pecans and then pecan? Why is that? 
Yeah, I mean, it's still debatable. Like, I go, through, I have this debate with people in my orbit about pecan, and it's just like, oh, you got, a, you got a lot of hot pecan talk. Or I do a talk? lot of hot pecan talk going on, like on my phone line, bro. Like, it comes up more often than you would think. I think pecan is like one of those things when someone's intentionally like mispronouncing a word, and you're just like, just right. knock it off. You're like, you're genuine. You don't have to like show up by like mispronouncing pecan. But maybe I don't know. Maybe it's part of the dish. I'll. I'll go with this. Uh, I'm going to guess one turtle is probably around 160 calories. So that's 160 for me. So we're going to final round, 460 that makes sense. to So a, is it, you're going, we're going MAB official. It's pecan. Yeah, can, pecan. yeah, we put a foot down on that. Pecan. Yeah. What other, what other thing does like the same nut and description? I get there's homophones and shit where like you can pronounce a word differently if it's spelled the same. Yeah. But whereas it is just like it's still the same nut if it's a pecan and like just like a little mixed nuts thing and then all of a sudden I put it in a pie and it's it's a pecan. Pecan? No. Pecan? No, no. no. That don't fly. That don't fly on the MAB Sports podcast, my friends. Okay. We are officially saying pecan pie and we have two enemy of the podcast, Antonio Brown and that mouthpiece chewing Steph Curry. It's pecan. <laughs> Line draw. Okay. Stun. And Mr. Gotcha. Okay. Mr. Four Stars. Wait, let's know what you think. All right. <laughs> so we got uh right. we got a four sixty to two seventy seven going into the last round. I'm gonna go for the block. All right. I'm I'm in it. Uh, and I'll be uh, <laughs> audience, no members out there. No, I will be truthful. I'm a map of my word. Uh, I'll let him know if he's got it. Let's see. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna move my, the mic and I'm just gonna let him stare into my eyes. Looking at your eyes right now. Looking at your eyes. I don't have to do this because I got a lead, but I'm going to go for it. I like the answers you're giving. We'll see. We'll let, let the let the past decide on what you wrote down. I'm going to say you wrote down cougar. Cougar? Yeah. Nah, bro. Ah! Nah. Man, I thought that was up your alley. It's cute enough. It's definitely an animal name. It still keeps it, it like on the sexual tip. I thought like mm-hmm. I just had the perfect. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a milf guy, bro. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, but uh, no. That's I didn't even think of cougars. Cougars is good. We like cougars. Cougars front of the pod. Um, <laughs> cougars. But no. All, all, all cougars automatically friends of the pod. Cougars yeah, are friends of the not? pod. You're, yeah. They're just out there living their best sure. life, doing their thing. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're pro cougar. Can't pro cougar pro cougar, um, no. Right, I uh, although my 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 number one does involve a little sexy, a little heat. Mm. It's got. I'm gonna go. It's it's high on danger. This word is high on danger. It's high on fashion and it's high on sexy. I'm going with my number one catwalk. Ooh. Catwalk. Ooh. This is great because catwalks, it's got it's super dangerous because if you're ever in a sporting, go to your stadiums, go anything, look up when all the audio equipment that's up there, they've got these little thin little rails. That's a catwalk up there, friends. That's Dangerville up there. You're falling, you know, to your death if you fall off that. Yeah, okay. So then. Go, oh, yeah. Oh, go, brother. Yeah, don't let me, I'm yeah, don't let me stop you. I'm hot. selling this. You're hot right now. Then we've got high fashion mm-hmm. on the catwalk. On the catwalk, yeah, yeah. Running down the runway. Mm-hmm. This is how most awesome and brandana get so fresh and so clean. Fresh we get our winter, fall, and, and spring fashion lines on the catwalk. Yeah. And then it's been memorialized in the sexiest song of all, Right Said Fred, I'm Too Sexy 
when I do my little turn on the catwalk. On the catwalk. When I shake my little tush on the catwalk. On the catwalk. Oh, on the catwalk. Yeah. Catwalk, baby. Oh. Fucking hot. You almost made all that fit except little tush. Uh, very well done. It does have uh, it's the... It's bigger than average. It has that... Does have the danger? It has sports involved. It has sexiness involved, which is everything that the maybe sports podcast likes to bring to the table. Uh, and then I did a swing and a miss. I got to give the victory. That's a victory to most awesome. Mm. Well done, brother. I will close uh, my final What's one. What's your number one? I had shark at number one. That's right. Shark? You know your boy. Yeah, a gambling shark. Someone a shark oh. is just someone on the prey that gambles a little bit, and he's just like he's a pro at gambling, much like your boy Brandana, which is a good transition. <laughs> To the Brandana Gambling Corner. Look, here we go, brother. We are running out of time, but let's hit it. Bring us to that jam. for that yet but we'll keep it playing until that happens all right brother real fast we're looking at draft odds what's some that jumped out at you oh i i I wanted to talk about there we we had the prop bet of offensive players over under 15 and a half drafted in the first round yep and this we were talking off air and i said this is one of those ones that just tells you how fucking dialed in vegas is on it because i sat there and i counted it up and I was like, you know what? I think solidly there are 15 players in the NFL first round that are going to be offensive players. I got four quarterbacks, uh, Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, Daniel Jones. Real fast, let me make a little I- dog ear note on that. So the over-under on the prop bet on quarterbacks is three and a half. So most awesome yeah. is leaning towards the over on that. Continue, brother. I think we got that. I, I got one running back. Josh Jacobs out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. He's probably a little overrated, but I think I think he's going to get there. But that's the other thing too. You could I, I just don't see that second running back sneaking into the first round. Yeah. Now here's where we've got some play. Uh, wide receivers. DK Metcalf out of Ole Miss. I think he's everyone's lock. Everyone's made a big to do about him. Huge, muscular. Uh, you know, less than two percent body fat. Ran a four three three, just a beast of a, a human being. Uh, 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 Harry out of Arizona State, another wide receiver, could be that one too. Then you also have Akeem Butler out of Iowa State. AJ Brown, who I more partial to out of Ole Miss. Think of him as a Juju Schuster Smith, a slot beast. Got TJ Hoxson out of Iowa on the tight ends. Noah Fant out of Iowa as well. And then you've got six offensive linemen. So that puts us four, one, two, two, and six. Quarterback, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, tight end, offensive lineman. That puts me at 15. But any one of those guys, Eric McCoy from Texas A&M, maybe sneaking in as a guard yeah. on the first round. Irv Smith out of Alabama, sneaking into that first round could be tough. Okay, so did you just break this down to get your kind of numbers right now? Did you just do uh, best available in your rankings, or did you actually look at, like, what teams would take? Because I think a good example is, like, you know, that Oakland Raiders, if they do get that kind of quarterback position filled early, maybe they're looking a little D later on in the draft. 
right exactly and i looked at it as best available and then who because it's going to be so hard to tell i think we're going to see a lot of draft movement team wise teams moving up teams moving down so it'll be interesting to see teams trying to move back into the first round and uh, I think it'll be interesting to see. So I looked at it best available, just kind of yeah. draft grades. And these are the ones that I think like foreseeably, because that's the thing is I think the front half of the draft will be pretty locked up. Yeah. It's that back half of the draft and teams start moving and somebody goes, that was my guy. We're moving out of here. I don't want anybody else because I don't have a need here. So I'm moving back into the second round and trying to pick up a, a, a future, you know, number two. Yeah, and I think it's kind of what we saw last year, right? Like, I think it was big on – I don't remember what it was. It was something like no running backs taken in the first round or something in the second round. And then, like, uh, the Patriots did that Sony Michelle move, which kind of, like, shocked everybody. Or they dropped, they dropped down so, like, Baltimore could pop up. No, because they passed on Lamar Jackson. And it took Sony right. Michelle, which would have had us winning that money. But, you know – Bad, yeah, and, and Richard, Richard Penny drafted by Seattle also kind of oh, shook that's up right, things, that's right. too. It was, yeah, it was those two. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then um, Alabama players, two and a half. I'm going to go with the over. Over. Over on Bama. Yep. What's the three names? Yep. Hit us with them. We got we got Quinnen Williams, who I talked about, my 1.1. Yeah. Uh, Jonah Williams, who the Let's Go Vikes might be looking at, let's along with Andre Dillard. Uh, offensive tackle could move into that offensive guard as well. Yeah. And then, like I said, Josh Jacobs, Irv Smith, um, two kind of skill position players. Maybe there could be a little bit of a run, or he could be that first running back off the board. It'd be surprising if we don't see a running back, at least in the back half of the draft, taken in the first round. That'd be crazy. So I want to hit you with this question real fast before I jump into my three bets to get your take and before we move on to the MVPs. It sounds like from what I heard, a safe bet might be wide receivers under two and a half at minus 115 on that coin flip. Yeah, because I, I, I think DK Metcalf for sure will be the first wide receiver off the board. Then Akeem Butler, uh, Nikhil Harry, out of Arizona State, Keen Butler out of Iowa State, and A.J. Brown, probably my two through four, but I don't know who goes. I, I think this wide receiver has a lot of depth, and so I think a lot of teams might sit there and wait and see if they can trade back and still pick up a valuable yeah. wide receiver in that top of that second round. No, the other team is. Okay, I'll start with the boring right now. Like, I right, so top two picks being quarterbacks uh, – Yes is a plus sixteen hundred. No is a mm. minus three thousand. That means you're betting no that first two players drafted won't be a quarterback. This seems like a super safe bet. Obviously, if you follow me a little bit, I'm known to get a little wild on these, like betting a lot to win a little. There's no way. There's just no fucking way. And this ties into my second bet also that yeah. two quarterbacks go the first round because let's say the only way this could happen, the only way is if San Francisco trades its pick down but there's no reason for oakland to jump up ahead of san francisco or whoever needed a quarterback am i missing something i mean there's just no like who would trade up to that san francisco slot to grab a quarterback if for that second tier quarterback if arizona stays number one because if arizona doesn't stay number one to me oakland trades up to it so that's that's a wash so and then Arizona, obviously, if they trade down, they're not worried about a quarterback. So I just, I just don't see anybody trading up to get in that Dwayne Haskins slot at number two when they can fall to him at number like six, seven, eight. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Because even if they, even if they don't need to go up to, because because it's you've got, let's say they take Murray at one, then you've got the Jets and the the Niners or the Niners and then the Jets yeah. two and three. So 
the Jets have said that they wanted to move back. This is some some recent news coming out of uh, the NFL kind of rumor mill that they want to move back. But even still, you don't need to move up because you're not jumping because then you're 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 worried that you're jumping up in front of the Jets. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. they're not going to take them. So why exactly. why yeah. negotiate with the you, your biggest concern becomes at number four. Yeah, so why exactly. why then waste burn the draft capital of jumping up an extra spot than you would have to because it's going to cost you a more valuable back end pick uh, a higher level number two maybe a number three so if you did like your first and a third to go from you know the sixth uh, you know the the Giants to hop to leapfrog the 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 Oakland Raiders at four. You would to go all the way up to two would be silly. You wouldn't need to do it because the Niners aren't taking a quarterback. Yeah, the, yeah. Who? So we're uh, real fast, and I know we're up against it. Like, let's even look at the order of it and who's taking a quarterback. I know we kind of did this like you know twenty pods ago, but like Arizona, like yeah, probably San Francisco, no Jets, no Oakland, maybe Possibly. if it was right, uh, Tampa Bay. I mean, against no. their best interests, no. Giants, maybe a flyer. Jacksonville, no. Detroit, no. Buffalo, no. Denver, no. And then since oh no, Denver, Denver is a possibility. Denver and Cincinnati are two possibilities. Well, I no, I like I, I do like Cincinnati. I like yeah. I like the blueprint. Whenever a new coach comes to it, just with the current NFL system, like I got to win now. Like, why not just get your fucking guy and be like, let's wear this together. Let's let's yeah. blow this locker room up, as opposed to mm-hmm. fight with a wily vet. All right, buddy. Uh, I got a couple more things. Anyway, Nick Bosa is not going number two. I think you've already tilted your hand on this, or let me know. You think there is a possibility that uh, Josh Allen's at that two spot? Yeah, it could be. I mean, depends. I mean, it depends on what they value. But uh, to me, of the two picks, Nick Bosa is a safer pick. Yeah, so we have uh, – and- so the over-under, real fast. Sorry, brother. Uh, over 2.5 would be plus 230, which means he falls out of the top two. And inside the top two, it's minus 300. So you're basically saying San Francisco is going to take Nick Bosa and you're going to bet 3-1. to one. You're going to bet 300 to 100 bucks. I like that bet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, and I think that they, I, I, if I was you, I'd be watching real carefully on that bet, seeing what San Francisco does, and trying to read all the rumors on it, see if they want to sit and move back. They they could possibly look to trade back. That could that's the only thing that fucks your that pickup because if somebody really wants to get Quinn and Williams too and jump and leapfrog somebody and really wants to make that push up. That's the only way that you're gonna you're gonna do it. But I think that they steadfast. I think they like Bosa. I think they like what they can do. He's even talked about going to San Francisco. Uh, Nick Bosa famously, I think, could also if there is odds on, kind of that draft day Twitter drama popping up. Nick Bosa might be that guy. Yep, I've- he's been a little controversial on Twitter. He had to go and clean up all of his uh, tweets, and even <laughs> said because he said he might be going to San Francisco, doesn't want to offend anybody. Oh, I love that, brother. And uh, it's really adorable when you're just like, hey, you should research this gambling bet you want to make a little bit. Never over my <laughs> dead wallet. Uh, That's right. Feels, baby. <laughs> just feeling those bets. Uh, all right, guys. Let's jump into our MVP of the week. Uh, I have Perrysburg High School junior Luke Borer, who hit a home run cycle. Uh, never actually heard of this before, but you can put the math together and figure out what it is. And when you do, it's pretty fucking impressive so i uh, hit a home run with a guy on first and then he hit a home run with two runners on or no hit a home run with one runner on and then three runners on and then two runners on and then finished his at bats with a grand slam that is a home run cycle 
I don't care what league you're in. I don't care if you're playing King Griffey Jr. baseball on fucking Super Nintendo. Impressive. Hats off. Bow, 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 bow. Bow, 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 bow. And I'm going to go with my MVP. The captain is back. Detroit. I'm very pumped up for this. I know we don't talk a lot about hockey, but the Red Wings. Stevie Iserman, Stevie the captain, Stevie Y is back. He's going to be manning the helm as the GM for the Detroit Red Wings. I'm excited to have the captain back. All right, guys, this has been the most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast, episode 60. We're doing that hot draft talk. Like we said, uh, let friend know, leave us five stars. You got an email for us. Guys, shoot it over at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. I am Brandana. That's all the time we have, brother. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Podience, you'll never hear me mispronounce this. It's Podcan Mab. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion.